thank you so much for um, for taking uh, taking some time. I again acknowledge that this is a, a strange way to do a, a press conference, um, kind of a media availability, um, but felt like this this was important and this was the best way to do it. I just want to start off by um, thanking Mike Petrino and uh, thanking him for his willingness to step up and lead our women's basketball program. This was not a job that Mike sought after nor knew was coming, um, but his willingness to step up and lead and uh, uh, manage us through this, uh, through this time is much, much appreciated. And on behalf of the University of Montana, I express my thanks to him. Also to his assistant coaches, Nate and Jordan and Jace, who are all coming back and are anxious and ready to go. I appreciate what they, uh, what they do and the dedication. And for our student athletes, changes are not easy. These are difficult. They're very difficult, um, but I appreciate their willingness to, um, to get on board and to work hard and to, and to, get, uh, and to do, things, uh, do things the right way. So Mike, I'm gonna let you, Mike Petrino, I'm gonna let you, if you've got something to say, and then we will um, take questions. So go ahead, Mike. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for being here today. I know it's a, I can't say a unique situation. Uh, I know you've been very patient. Those who've reached out to me and understood that uh, I wanted to follow the university protocol on this. Um, I guess my first statement is uh, this was definitely an unexpected emotional three weeks. I have tremendous respect and admiration for Shannon and the fact that she brought me here. Uh, everybody on the last year's team was brought here, either coach or player, because of her. And her history and her legacy is you know, forever etched uh, in all that she was a part of here. So uh, this has been a very unique situation, but uh, we're doing our best to uh, move forward. And uh, I look forward to your questions and some I'll answer in detail, some I may not be able to this time, but uh, the one thing that remains is a very special place, a special historic program that's bigger than any one individual, including myself, of course. And we look forward to moving forward together. All right, folks, the floor is now yours. So uh, those that want to ask a question, if you, if you just want to raise your hand, I'm sure everyone's got one. So, you know, Bill, we'll just, we'll, we'll defer to you because you're the only one with a baseball hat on. So uh, go ahead, Bill, and then just, um, you know, address that to Mike or myself or whatever. And once we're done talking Lady Grizz, I'm sure that's what we're here to talk about. There's some other topics you want to visit about. Uh, I'm happy to, to answer some questions. So go ahead, Bill. Well, thank you, Kent. Uh, I think there's two questions that are on most of our mind. Uh, if I, I think I can speak for the media. The first one is, uh, uh, you know, from the time when we were in Boise until to April 1st, uh, uh, you changed your mind about renewing Shannon's contract. You have the right to do that. Uh, but in your words, why did you do that? So I, I did have a conversation with, with Shannon, um, at the end of the, uh, actually it was on the Thursday. Yeah, those days really mixed together. Boy, it was Thursday, Thursday morning. And we started the negotiation process for a, for a contract. Uh, I did initiate that, those negotiations. Um, a new contract was never formally offered, nor was it circulated for, for signatures. In the time between that meeting and the time when I made my decision, uh, I just came to understand more uh, the status of our roster 
and what that would look like going forward and felt like uh, that I that I needed to make a change. And then the second one uh, that I think we all have is, you know, from April 1st there when uh, Shannon kind of told us that uh, her contract wouldn't be renewed and, and Mike visited with the team about being the interim coach. Uh, you guys didn't talk. Uh, Mike didn't talk and, and Ken didn't talk. And uh, uh, can you explain why, why that was? Did it have something to do with uh, get, getting through a legal agreement with Shannon? Why was that? Yeah, so part of it is um, we're certainly in a unique time on campus. We have hiring freezes. Uh, we have people working remotely, so that contributes to it. Uh, also, at, during that time, uh, the university uh, did have more than one conversation with Shannon and felt like it just wasn't the right time to announce it until we had some more conversations with her. Um, but we finally got to the point where um, we needed to, to, to make an announcement, get Mike going, uh, and get started on that. So really there was, there was some time where we, there was some back and forth conversation with Shannon. I don't want to get into the details of what those were, but it was, it was contributing, uh, to the length of that. And then also just the, the state that we're in right now with, uh, with campus. Can I just ask one more? <laughs> sure. I got, yeah. I got Coulter and, uh, and Brit, no, not Brit. Oh, Brittany, that's Sean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> got them in the queue. Uh, I just glanced at the name. So yeah, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet after this one. I'll clam up. Uh, th this one is in regards to Mike. Uh, you know, when you see that interim word, you, you think uh, like a temp worker. So I, I don't know, but you know, in, on Mike's behalf, uh, you like to think, well, if he does a good job, that, that maybe you'd consider him for the head coaching job. Could you just talk a little bit about that interim uh, word? Sure. You know what? In reality, we're all interims. I mean, I'm a temp. Um, <laughs> I'm on a year-to-year -year contract, and uh, but I understand that with that title of interim comes a bit of a uh, temporary feel. Um, we will do a national search in the spring. It's just a better time to do one. Uh, and I also have great confidence in Mike. Uh, I've watched Mike now for for almost four years uh, interact in this department. Uh, work with others, deal with others. And I have tremendous confidence in him. I have tremendous confidence in those assistant coaches. Um, but I, I do understand that. And we won't, we won't refer to him as the interim head coach. We'll refer to him as the head coach. He's our head coach. And he's, uh, he's been told to make decisions uh, for the long-term success and make decisions as if he was leading this program uh, for the rest of his career. So um, but I, but I understand that and I understand it's going to get used um, recruiting and I understand all those type of things. Um, but it wasn't all that long ago that we, we didn't have any multi-year contracts for coaches at the University of Montana. Mike, do you want to add anything more to that? Uh, I'll just say that, you know, I refer back to obviously greatest coach in the history of this university, I'll say, Coach Selvig, you know, he dealt with one-year contracts for a long time and I know it's part of the thing. I know it'll be used against us. I guess what I would say is uh, Jordan, Nate, Jason, myself, we're, we're not looking like at this like uh, a substitute teacher who has a pre-written lesson plan, and we're just going to go there and monitor. We are looking at it as 
we are a united staff. We are working on uh, evaluating our roster, building that roster, assessing what we have, making a plan, building a curriculum, and then, ed and then executing that curriculum. So that curriculum for us has a vision of one year, two year, three years, okay, like any coach does, and that's the way we can handle it. So we're looking at it as we're taking over a, a classroom and we have a, a vision, both short-term and long-term, and that's what we're gonna do. Okay, uh, let's see, we'll go to Coulter. Let me make sure I've got you. There, there we go, Coulter. Yep, yep. I'm good. Okay. Um, Kent, kind of a two-part question. The hiring freeze itself, that's something that obviously is completely out of everybody's control. But how difficult does that make just the decisions that you had to make over this last month? And then on top of that, the fact that you know Shannon has such support in the community, such reverence among the fan base. I mean, how difficult – I mean, it seems like there's extenuating factors that make – I mean, any coaching change is a hard one, but this seems like it was even more difficult for you. Yeah, um, the hiring freeze um, certainly plays into, and then just the situation that we're in um, certainly impacts how we how we would search right now. Uh, that makes it sound like I just settled on Mike Petrino. That's just not the truth. It's not the truth. Uh, I have great faith in his abilities, but the hiring freeze does add um, a, a wrinkle to it that that made it that made it different. There's no doubt about it. Second answer is. Shannon Schwain is the greatest women's basketball player and possibly the greatest basketball player to ever be at the University of Montana and probably in the Big Sky Conference. And um, anyone who makes these kind of decisions, they're, they're agonizing decisions. And if someone tells you that they're not agonizing, I don't think they're telling you the truth. Um, and I understood there were going to be a lot of complexities to this, to this change. I did. Um, but in the end, I felt like needed to make a change moving forward. But I, I understood those, Coulter. I understood that there were going to be, uh, there were a lot of those things. It does not, uh, I know it's easy for me to say this, but it, it does not change how great of a player she was and how great of a coach that she was and how much she accomplished here in the, the three decades that does not change, but that, that certainly makes, makes it, makes it difficult. But, um, decision I don't think was, is really not about me, not about me. And I recognize that. And a question for Mike, you talked about, um, maybe some of the disadvantages of having an interim tag, but on the other hand, now you're the head coach, at least for a season, of one of the greatest women's basketball mid-major programs in the history of college basketball. I mean, there's more banners hanging at Dahlberg Arena than almost anywhere in the country. So the fact that you now get a chance to lead this program, I mean, what do you think of this opportunity? It's definitely a unique challenge situation. Uh, it's one that our staff and I are aggressively going after. And I, and I really believe that our staff is significant with us. When someone mentions my name, they've got to obviously include Jordan and Nate and Jace. Uh, we have been very aggressive. You know, this was three weeks ago. It was a very emotional night, the first night. And then from that point on, it was just us trying to pick each other up, move forward. And, you know, we, we all, one thing about all four of us is we all have a, emotional roots in this program and the history here. And we're going to do our best to move forward with it. We think we have a great uh, program here to share with other people and recruits. We've already been very aggressive doing that. 
the people are definitely the strength of this program, you know? Um, and I just have two quick examples that I can think of off the top of my head is one, the first year when we had all those unfortunate injuries that we had to deal with, with, uh, you know, our best players and so forth. And our fans stayed there and stayed loyal and, and we're at our games and cheering us on. Um, the past three weeks, I've been very um, moved by all the attention our staff and myself. I've gotten text messages, emails from supporters, uh, fans, uh, Lady Grizz alum who didn't even know they had my number, but they're reaching out, reaching out to our current players. And they have a simple message. We're for the program. We want to support the program. Um, and moving forward, that's, that's really valuable to us and moving forward. And you're right. There's an opportunity here. We're going to make the best of it. Uh, I've been around in three conferences in college. I've coached in the Mountain West, the Pac-12, and the Big Sky. This place is very special. This place is very special. And there are things that we have here that not all our schools have. So we are definitely going to highlight that. We're very excited to do that. We've already been doing it for the last three weeks. All right, Sean, uh, go ahead. Uh, Mike, a couple for you. Um, first, can you update us on where we're at, like scholarship and roster, like positions that need to be filled? And then how are you planning on, you know, filling those? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Sean. And uh, I'll say this, our roster is uh, fluid. And, you know, I think there's a lot of talk out there about what we're, what we don't have. Um, I'm really, our staff and I are focusing on what we do have to start with. Uh, we have a healthy roster right now, contrary to what someone may think or know. We have a healthy roster right now. We're moving forward. Um, I'm not going to comment individually on anybody on that roster, except for the players that we know that have uh, moved on and announced their commitment elsewhere. Uh, other than that, I can tell you that all the people that signed last fall are here. And I can tell you that anybody who's on that roster that finished the year, I've had communication with them. And some of the communication is, is a result that they're continuing on. And some of the communication is still ongoing. So I hate to say it that way, Sean, but uh, we're going to respect everybody's right to this process. because It's so unique and, and sensitive and so forth. We're going to respect that. And I, I do promise we cannot wait to share what our roster will look like here and uh, we've had a good three weeks, productive weeks of recruiting, and we know what we want. We know those needs, and we're aggressively going after them. What do you? What's the What's the message to to players as far as ones you're either trying to bring in or, or the current ones here? As far as just the message of that you're bringing as a head coach and kind of that that word with culture. Like what What do you feel is the 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 culture? What do you want to try to cultivate here at Montana? Well, I think the first thing is with the players that we're here in the past. I think the first thing is just listening. Um, I think, you know, every kid that we've talked to in our team, it hasn't been one five minute conversation. It's been uh, a talk here, a talk of the next day, a talk maybe two days later, we've had ongoing talks and, and brought up points and uh, brought up experiences. And, and a lot of us being able to listen and talk to them and, and work or communicate our way through some issues. Okay. And that's continuing to go with the other uh, players. So for them, it was that unique process. Uh, we have had consistent communication with these, with these players uh, and their families. If they want to reach out, I would talk to them as well. Um, as far as the new players, the, the message is, hey, we have a unique opportunity here. We're very transparent. We're very transparent. Okay? We are sharing everything that's going on. It's not hard for them to go online and find things out anyway. We're very transparent about that. Uh, I've involved administration in the sense of if we have a crew who's thinking about coming here, uh, they know the situation. I need to be honest with them. 
And uh, so far that's happened. Um, I think it would be really obviously valuable if we can get anybody to commit to us beyond the so-called you know, tag that's on us. If we can do that, I think that brings credibility to us moving forward and, uh, and obviously will help our roster. So the message, I'm sorry, Sean, is we are obviously trying to build a competitive program that's relationship-based, and that's what we're trying to do, and we're trying to do that every day. All right, Ryan, you're up. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, Ken, my question is for you, and it's kind of a follow-up to what Bill had asked, and I understand the nature of your conversations with Coach Schwain are absolutely, you know, confidential, <clears throat> excuse me, between you guys, and that's fine. But when you talk about kind of that 20-day space between the end of the season and April 1st, what specifically within the program itself did you see or did you come to know that maybe you didn't know before that, that had you led you to that change of heart? Are you talking about Boise to April 1st? Correct. Yeah. Or this, the, no, or this from, 20 day period we're on right no, now. Yeah. There are two 20 day periods, right? The first one, March, March 10th to April 1st, that, that period in which Shannon was not renewed. I, you know, really I answered that before was I just got a better understanding of, of what the, of what the culture was and what the roster was going to look like that that's really the the best way I can describe it and then a, a question for coach Petrino when you look right now in this uh space between now and next season what are the, what's the thing that you feel like I mean you've been here for several years now and you've seen up close kind of what's going on what are the things that you want to do in your staff going forward to to you know get it in the direction that you want it to be in well in 27 years of coaching, here's what I realized. I know what I am. I know what I'm not. And I think that the first thing you want to do is make sure that your, your philosophy is in line with what you believe in and, and so forth. So I got to be just me. I can't be, there's no way I can try to uh, uh, be like the greatest player in the history of the program, or I cannot be like the most successful coach in the history of the program. I can't do that. I got to be who I am. Uh, I'm very uh, proactive in communicating with our staff. I, I believe in them. We had, I've had a lot of great talks. I believe in empowering them. Uh, I think Jordan and Nate and Jace all bring value and we're gonna make sure we highlight that value. Uh, and then I think that by, you know, know what we want, who we are, that's what we gotta do. And, and I can't tell you exactly what we're gonna do because we have to build our roster still, right? But that's going better than people realize, okay? But we are always constantly looking at each other. I think one of the best things about us is one, we have, we have experience working together, okay? Some situations, again, trying to focus on what we do have versus what we don't have. We have experience working together. The four of us worked together this year. Uh, Jordan and I worked together for four years. So we have a established relationship. We know what, how we balance each other out and how we move forward um, is really important. And, and our team, you know, obviously we're going to involve them and, and do our best with them. But um, there's no question we have a big challenge in front of us, but we're focused on what we have and what we can control and move forward. All right, Jack Ginsburg, you're up. All right. Thanks. Uh, Mike, this is for you. I guess, um, what's the transition been like? Um, you're already in a program. You've been the assistant coach there. Um, what was the transition like to head coach? And then secondly is just how has recruiting been uh, over Zoom and like doing this? I mean, it's your first year as a head coach at the Lady Grizz, but you also have this new thing to deal with, which is doing it virtually. Uh, yeah, Jack, the, the question is a good one because this is – this is a perfect storm of a uh, challenge and opportunity, right? Adversity where you have, uh, you know, the unique situation of what's going on internally. You have uh, the fact that we do have some available spots on our roster. 
Um, add the fact that we can't go recruiting right now because of our situation, you know, globally, uh, they can't come here. So we have become very creative of how we get the message. How do you recruit someone in Missoula who's never been here or can't get here? Uh, we have been very creative in how we do that. It's been consistent. And we, yeah, it has been a lot of uh, virtual tours, uh, getting anything we can get into. And it's been communication, um, a united front with our staff. Uh, our daily schedule is pretty much a, a staff-based video call together in the morning, at night, constant testing throughout. Here's who we're talking to. Uh, every coach has talked to our recruits. It's been a very unique challenge and one that's kept us very busy, but one that we all embraced. So it's been very challenging. Thanks. All right, Fritz, you're up. All right, Mike. Um, we'll start there. Um, you being a Friday graduate, I think in 1990, if I'm guessing right. 91, yep. How we doing? 91. Yep. And as I work at the dinner, Daily Interlake these days, I thought um, you could go a little bit more of your background. As somebody here who went to college for several years and yet is not an MD, you could talk about the years from 90 to 99 when you got a degree from, or I'm sorry, 91 to 99, you got your degree from FG Billings, but I saw you coaching. Yeah. I was at the Gazette. So can you fill in those blanks a little bit? Well, Fritz, you and I go back. I remember those Eastern A days, man. I was working at Billing Central, and uh, you covered the Eastern A back then, and we've talked many times about how fun that was during that time. Uh, yeah, my, my, my background, guys, is I can't – I'm not – you know, I have zero highlights of uh, college days, but I started coaching and started coaching uh, my first ever year was junior high basketball, I think, my very first year, and then got moved up to freshman high school. And I'm very fortunate – that I got a coach for eight years in Montana where girls basketball was in the fall and boys basketball was in the winter. For those that have been around long enough, you remember that days, those days. So that was eight, that was eight uh, uh, years with that 16 season. So I had a great opportunity to do that. I spent time coaching and then full time and going to school when I could and paying my own way, all those things. But it's turned into going coaching into high school level, college level uh, to here I am now. No way did I think I was going to ever, be in this position in order to plan out that way, but it's worked out. And I've met some great mentors over the years, some great Montana people, uh, anywhere from uh, working for Doug Hashley up in Kalispell. Uh, I worked for uh, Jim Gross and Gary Turk every summer coaching camps. I worked for uh, Steve Keller, who's head coach now at Providence, who's an outstanding basketball coach and mentor. And then moving to Oregon for 10 years and coaching there, I think that was a great opportunity for me to get out of the state, see things, open up new doors. Uh, which led me to University of Wyoming, University of Colorado, and then back in Montana. So, um, you know, I, I got special memories of all those days. Uh, you know, on this last 20 days, it's fun. To, I've had multiple talks with uh, kids. I, there was a kid I coached on that very first team in junior high that I still keep in touch this day. Uh, I actually coached him and his – back then, he was later his girlfriend, now his wife, and they have two kids. And I think that's probably, probably what the best part of coaching, right, is relationships. So – it's been very fun to communicate with all those people throughout the years and to hear from them and visit with them about things. And uh, they're excited to follow. They already follow Montana to begin with, so I'm back here. But uh, def definitely a unique journey, different journey, but uh, one that I'm very proud of and took a lot of hard work to get here. Let's see. It looks like you're next, uh, Sean. Mike, this might be this is kind of a question for kind of down the road, but 
I'm just kind of curious, like, do you have a certain, you know, X's and O's philosophy, whether it be offensively or defensively, like, will, will it look different or is it based on the roster or just kind of curious? Yeah. Again, I, I go back to, I think, uh, you know, I know what I've picked up over the years, things I've taken that I like that I think that my personality, um, and obviously it always goes down to how you, how the talent you put together and how you maximize that. So that's not going to change. I think that there are things that we'll do that are similar that we've done in the past. And I think there's going to be things that we're going to do that are different because they're things that I've experienced using and have success with, or there are things that uh, we've seen other people do that are built like us. So I think that's one of the beauties about coaching basketball and evolving is, is the ways to continue to adapt and adopt uh, ways that, make you better. I know that's a lot of coach speak, but it really is true. I, I don't think, uh, you know, you look back at all the years of this historic program, there were years where they won with strong perimeter players. There was years where they won with strong post players. I think that's one of the great things about this, the longevity successes program is they did it different ways. So, you know, as we get closer and you'll see us, you'll see how we're going to play and you're going to see some tweaks uh, and you're going to see things that are going the same. In the end, it all depends, you know, one team's got to score more points than the other, and how we get there is uh, up to us and, and the players, putting the players in the best position. The players are one deserve the credit. They're going to make all the highlights, and I know being the head coach, I'm now the new target for all the, for the blame. All right, Bill, Speltz, you're next. Yeah, Kent, this is one for you. It strikes me a, a lot of the reason we're sitting here today is because of your expectations of this program. Uh, certainly they had a dynasty going there for a while and a lot of fans I talked to were ready for this change that you made. What are your expectations of the Lady Grizz on the floor? Uh, next year or forever? Uh, forever, yeah, down the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly next year I expect them, I mean, um, expect them to compete hard and expect, we expect to win. If, if we weren't going to go out there to win. I mean, this isn't, uh, this isn't YMCA basketball. I say we have big, we have big scoreboards for a reason because we do keep score. Uh, I also understand though, that I have inserted some dynamics into this situation that make it a little bit different and a little bit more probably difficult because of what of some of the changes that I've made. But um, with the fan base that we have, with the commitment that we make to, to women's basketball, with the facilities that we have built, uh, with the scholarships that we fund. Uh, now I say all that, not knowing what COVID-19 in the future might bring, but what we do right now, we expect to win conference championships and make it to the NCAA tournaments. I understand that, that the game of basketball, uh, both men and women has changed and there's more parity and uh, probably very different than even when Robin started coaching or it is very different than when Robin started coaching and even as he evolved during his time. So, but we do, we have high expectations here. We have high expectations on the court and in the classroom and in the community and, and uh, we're the university of Montana. And so we, we need to set those as, and be high expectations um, and have high expectations. So um, I don't think we waver from that. And I don't think that Mike Petrino wavers from that. Um, that's part of what's so attractive about coming to the university of Montana. Okay, we're going to get to you, Ryan. You're next. Just a minute. Let me figure out how to 
Bill, I'm going to lower your hand so you kind of get out of the queue. There you go. All right, Ryan, you're up. Okay, thanks. Uh, Ryan Tutel, ESPN Radio. Failed hey, you're the only. The you're the time. only one that's done that. Yeah, yeah. You, wanted you to, can. You can follow directions. Took us 25 minutes, but we we made it happen, guys. Follow <laughs> the instruction. Uh, this for uh, this for Coach Petrino, but Coach, the circumstances aside, internally, externally, globally, whatever. At the end of the day, you're the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz, and I got to think that you have had now three weeks to kind of have that sink in a little bit, and and got to feel very proud of that. But what is that? What is that to you? How do you experience that? Given that that that's that's who you are, that's what you are right now. I'll, I'll be honest. The first time I heard that was this morning when I spoke with Riley. That was the first time I heard that statement, and I thought he was talking about somebody else right first. But uh, now that it's been a couple hours to sink in. Yeah, it, what that means is it means that I'm very humble and fortunate enough to be part of what I consider one of the uh, most historic programs that our state's ever had. It's it's a state it's a program that's recognized nationally. Um, with that with that honor becomes huge responsibility, and hearing the expectations that I know we have, that's that's why you want to be here at a place like this. You know, uh, like I said, being being in three different conferences. I got to witness some really good teams and we go there to play and they had just incredible talent and they had no fans. And I always felt I was sad that uh, these young women were playing so hard and going into the tournaments, not fans. I've seen that before in other leagues here. We have a great expectation. Um, I think every expectation starts obviously with the vision and a plan and then how hard you're going to work. And I can just tell you in the last three weeks, the staff and I, and I can't highlight them enough. Uh, Jordan, Nate and Jace are so committed, invested, we all want to do our best for this program. We feel it's a very bad job. We all have roots here. Okay, it's not like someone's new that came in here and learning about the program. We know about the program. We're doing our best to move forward. And again, just being reinforced by all the positive uh, uh, support we've gotten from alumni, fans, and so forth. So we're motivated for sure, but it's a big honor. Okay, let's see. We've got uh, Coulter next, and Coulter, I'm going to absolve you of any responsibility of introducing yourself, so we're, you. we're fine. We Thank no longer need to do that. <laughs> Thank you, Kent. Um, Bill actually stole my question for Kent, so good job, Bill. Uh, but I have one more question for Mike. Um, Two-part question. First of all, the fact that everybody on your staff is a University of Montana alum and all were great players at the institution, how can that help influence recruiting? And second part of the question, so much of Robin Selvig's success and so much Shannon's success as well has been built on in-state talent. What do you think of just the in-state talent in Montana right now? And how do you go about getting that in-state talent with several assistant coaches that played at Montana? Yeah, well, your first part of the question about our staff is, is excellent. And I think that it's unique to have the entire staff, uh, the assistants have the careers that they'd have. So we have not only do we have Jordan who played, we have Jace who played recently, we have Nate who played, we also have Nate's wife who's very pivotal too in this, right? She had a great career as a lady Grizz as well. So we have a lot to uh, connect and sell them to recruits. Um, you know, it's always fun introducing people to this program because if they don't know, they have no idea what's like here. You know, when we tell them, people from out of state that, you know, there are no pro teams. These are the pro teams right here. And, and this is what we sell and this is what it's important here. You know, we're consistent saying, if you don't want to be recognized, don't come here because you're going to be in the community and you're going to be identified in a positive way and uh, that's great. As far as the, you know, I can't comment, of course, individually, but, uh, you know, yeah, coaches made a, a, a great, coaches have made a great 
living with the in-state talent here. Uh, the game is also more larger now that kids travel. You know, it used to be the kids never traveled out of state until they got to college. Well, now we got kids traveling, playing basketball. They're going to tournaments all over. So it has opened up opportunities. It is more parity, like Kent said. Um, we are going to continue to explore all avenues that brought success. I also think it's important that we explore avenues that have not been maybe touched and uh, we're, we're aggressive in those as well. So uh, the one common theme coming back is there are players everywhere. We got to find the right ones. And then we have the honor to sell to them, not sell, to show them what great program community this is. Okay, that's the last uh, virtual hand that is up. Any other questions? Any questions about any other topics you want to visit about? I know the, the governor's holding a press conference right now, actually, about getting us open again. Um, oh, Ryan, you, you, uh, you, you, you do not need to introduce yourself, but you're up. Let me, oh, sorry, sorry. Let me figure this out. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, we good? Um, yep. Yeah, <clears throat> sorry, Kent, this is for you, and this is uh, just in, as it pertains to our, you know, wider, wider world situation with COVID-19 and everything else that's going on. I real my understanding is that a lot of the decisions within the conference and thereby the athletics that are going to be made is going to be a corporate decision made primarily by the presidents getting together and sort of doing that. But how much, first of all, communication or influence do you have with President Bodner and how often are you in communication with him in regards to everything that's going on and, and the ever-changing state of affairs as it pertains to Montana athletics? I'm in communication with President Bodner every day. Uh, honestly, and it's about a variety of topics, but um, he is a, a man with tremendous energy. And I think one thing I've, all, I've worked for three presidents now and all three of them have been outstanding to work with different in their own ways, but outstanding. Um, Seth's energy is almost staggering to me. Um, but it has opened up this much more fluid conversations between athletic directors and presidents. I think nationwide it's forced it. The, the, the presidents will certainly make those decisions, but the athletic directors as a conference, we meet twice a week and uh, the topics are wide ranging. And as, as an athletic department, we are running a variety of scenarios. I mean, there we, you've, you've all seen, um, the different scenarios that might happen. I've talked candidly that football is a key part of our revenue. We, that, that not playing football for us is, is going to be a real challenge uh, if we don't play football. So we want to get back to doing that. But we've run, you know, we've looked at scenarios where there's no, there's no non-conference games. We start right up on September 26th against Cal Poly. We're playing games with half full stadiums. Uh, how do we pivot potentially to a, a pay-per-view model or something if we can't get as many people into our sta stadiums? What does that look like? Um, we're looking at expenses and ways that we can put, put aside some, some, some revenue. So, um, but the, the, the presidents, we have, we have a good group of presidents. We have a really good group of athletic directors at the Big Sky Conference. I really think we have a great commissioner who's done a good job of, of, of keeping us all in touch. Um, but I think presidents are relying on athletic directors to provide them with good, good feedback and good information. And that's certainly the case here at the university of Montana. All right. Uh, Coulter, make sure you got you. Sorry. Let me go ahead, Coulter. 
Kent, one more question about the football note, because that's something we've been thinking about and talking about quite a bit too. Because I mean, as you know, football is such a gigantic economic engine for Missoula. I mean, it will impact every single person on this call if there is no football. So, uh, I mean, how do you balance that though? Because obviously public safety and the safety of the kids and the fans is the paramount, but so many of our jobs are just related to football revenue. So how do you balance just, you know, keeping the athletic department afloat, keeping everything going, but also prioritizing, you know, being safe. You don't, you don't sleep very much, to be honest with you. You don't. And, um, but safety and the one, the one unique thing about this right now is we're not isolated. This is an entire country. I think we saw that March 12th when the cascade started. Um, you, you, you couldn't be the only conference in America playing a basketball tournament. I mean, can you imagine how that would have looked? And so we don't, we're not going to be allowed to make these decisions just in our bubble. We're unique at Montana, in, in the state of Montana. It's a little easier for, I mean, we social distance is just kind of an everyday thing here, right? And, and we have uh, cases that aren't that um, prevalent. I mean, there's not as many. So we are unique here, but um, um, health and safety are, are, are going to be top of, top of mind. We've got to make sure that we don't do anything that jeopardizes that. Um, it, it is, though. It's... It seems like a year ago that we were in Boise, to be honest. All right. Anyone else? Looks like no. So I will um, figure out how to uh, distribute this recording. Probably Joel will rely back on you. It stayed recording the entire time. And so I'm hoping that that now transitions. I promise if it doesn't work, it's not me being a conspiracy guy here. I promise you that. Um, um, so I will make sure and figure out a way that we can distribute that because I understand the audio will be a lot cleaner if, if we pull a recording from here. Um, I appreciate your patience. Uh, I know that I have <clears throat> kind of pushed a, a number of you off over the last three weeks and been a bit distanced by my nature is not to be that way, but just um, we, it was a unique situation, so I appreciate appreciate your patience. Uh, Mike, any final words, or you've probably said all you want to say? No, thanks, everybody, for your patience as well. Uh, you know, thanks, Kent, for trusting our staff to put this transition. Uh, also, thank President Bonner, because I know he's helped out in ways, too. So thanks to all you guys, and uh, I'm available now. If you guys need anything, let me know. Okay. With that, we will uh, say goodbye, and uh, hope you're all doing well. Thank you.